the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA097. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. There we you. go. We are recording ask and we are live. Hello, Taylor, with a mouthful of soup. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off because Taylor just made some amazing <laughs> soup that looks... I don't know. I can't see the soup, but just the facial expression she's like making is I'm it's obviously it, I'm put it to the side. There we go. You don't have to for long. I think I'm going first today, right? I don't. Are you? What did, What was last week? Ghost ships. I think I go first. I think I go first. Oh, you do go first. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. All right. Well, yeah. that, then put your well, we can we can record either way because they're separated. OK. Um, well, I, I said that so in case you want to have your soup. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay, so welcome to Do to Fail. I'm Farge, joined here by Taylor. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to release the week podcast about relationships or historical events that were doomed to fail. We're going to kick things off today on the historical side, on the Taylor side, on this lovely Monday morning, I hope. So, Taylor, how are you doing? Perfect. No notes. Um, I'm good. I'm eating soup, but I feel like that's a weird thing to start with because I feel like I'm not really a soup person, but I just like have the soup. It's mostly noodles. Anyway. I said that to someone recently and they mentioned that uh, many of their friends have soup of the month club memberships. And I was like, that's weird. It's weird to like be so, so into soup, unless you're like in a nursing home or in hospice weird. care. I feel like we're not of the Asian demographic that would be passionate about soup. I know. I agree. And I also um, like, I feel like I eat soup for like, the bread and the noodles like i don't eat it because of like the soupiness you know oh, yeah yeah for sure or, or or in my case i like to have my soup in a bowl like a bread bowl so that i can eat the bread yes. as i'm eating it so oh my god i saw a instagram thing that was like this mac and cheese in a bread bowl and i was like yes. so many carbs so many carbs i am going to go no grab carb. my drink to prepare myself for this session so one second while i do that all right, I'm opening my LaCroix. Fancy. Too classy to have Waterloo, I guess, normal people. I don't even know where I would get Waterloo. I don't think they have that at Walmart. I think it's a Costco so. thing. No. Sorry, I'm classicing us. So my dream today, Taylor, is going to be Shipyard Pumpkin Ale. No, shit. Ooh. Shipyard Pumpkin Head, which is a pumpkin spiced ale because it is October, and I just saw Saw 10 last night and i'm in a halloween mood and i'm hoping you don't scare the shit out of me like you did last week because that was really bad that was so fun i loved it um i will i think i'll switch to pumpkin ale when you when it's your your turn because i did finally get it because i did talk about it a couple weeks ago and say that i put it on my grocery list and then my husband did not buy it and he realized after he came home after he was listening to it and that he did not buy it are you okay you just choked i tried breathing the pumpkin ale instead of drinking it and um just a little uh warning to listeners don't try to breathe your beer good call um well for me my themed drink is pedialyte for two reasons one because i just got my both my arms are are shot i got my covid booster and my flu shot today so a little sore on both sides i'm just doing this this like wing thing with my arms and i drank some pedialyte so i don't get sick and then also there's some infant nutrition problems in this story. So I think that that also applies. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. I'm into it. All right. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. 
And I, so I asked you to watch a movie. Yes. But that you've said you've already seen for this week's scary story because I'm going historical, creepy, because it's Halloween time. So I asked you to watch the movie with Helen Mirren. Oh shit! Sorry. Okay, you're right. Fine, fine. Okay, there's gonna be a break okay. here, and it's not gonna make any sense. But I cut something out that I wasn't allowed to say. <laughs> so moving on. Okay. I did watch Winchester. So for this week, I asked you to. Great. Yeah. There we go. I watched Winchester. Have you seen it before? I've seen it many times, actually. I've seen it many, many it's times. Good. Um, I yeah. love the fact that it was just a known thing in the 1800s to just take opiates and laud laud them, like just casually, which yeah. that guy was constantly mm -hmm. on. Helen Mirren totally. was amazing in it. And there was a lot of jump scares, which I'm usually not a fan of, but the setting of the house itself was really cool. So it made up for it. Yeah, it's such, oh my gosh, the, the, the house itself is so beautiful. Obviously, we're talking the Winchester Mystery House and Sarah Winchester today. But the, oh, the house was so beautiful in the movie. And I'm, I'm like, where'd those sets go? Like, can I have some of those cabinets? Because all the cabinets, like, they're so beautiful and I want more cabinets. Um, and then also Sarah Snook is in it from Succession. So that. And then also, who is this guy who's like the, has like the scariest face? What is his name? Emin Farron, E-A-M-O-N Farron. He's the guy who was like the brother wing guy. He's also in, he's in, um, he was in Trip Twin Peaks. He's in The Witcher. He does a scary ass face. So I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. No, I'm trying to remember. I'm looking them up. E-A-M-O-N-F-A-R-R-E-N. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. He's just uh, scary. He's got a scary face. So, um, He's, he's in it. I think he. I think he knows that he has a scary face, and he's pretty cool with it. He is a mood, as you know, the kids are saying fine. these days. <laughs> he is. Um, so yeah. So if you haven't watched Winchester, super recommend it. It's really good. And today I'm going to talk about the Winchester Mystery House and the story of Sarah Winchester. Sweet. So, P.S. The Winchester Mystery House has been a tourist attraction for a hundred years. It opened in 1923 to the public. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Been around for that long. So picture this. It's 1881 and a widow in New Haven, Connecticut loses her husband, her father-in-law, and her mother all in the same year. She's left with a $20 million fortune in an uncertain future. For comfort, she seeks the help of a spiritualist, like at a seance kind of thing, which was very popular in this time. The spiritualist tells her to move west and to never stop building or she will die because the bad luck that she's had is due to the spirits of the people who've been killed by the weapon that made her fortune, the Winchester repeating rifle. Can so I in pause? Can I pause yeah. real quick? Just so everybody's aware. Winch the Winchester House is not a documentary. <laughs> it is, it is, a, it is like a horror movie. So Co correct, yeah. No, none I of this felt, is true. This okay, is a ghost story. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, felt, okay. <laughs> because because we're talking about a um, real thing, and there's a real thing there, and it's whatever. Anyways, point made. It's on purpose. It's a ghost story. Yeah. Yes. So in 1886, she moves to San Jose, California, where she buys a home in a valley. For the next 36 years, she adds and subtracts to her home. Construction never stops. Entire wings are created and broken down. Staircases lead to nowhere. Doors open to several story drops out into the yard. 
The widow wears mourning clothes and a dark veil over her face the whole time. When she dies in 1922, the house has 160 rooms, 2,000 doors, 10,000 windows, 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, 13 bathrooms, and six kitchens. So it's huge. So who haunts this house? Visitors have heard laughing and singing in the ballroom. They've reported having their their skirts and their dresses tugged on when they're walking through through the corridors. The most popular ghost is a wheelbarrow ghost. It's a man who is seen in the basement with a wheelbarrow full of ash that would have been like his job to like move the ash from like the furnaces to wherever. And they see him in the basement and also like leaving the house with the ash. So visitors have said like that actor is amazing. And they've been like, there is no actor who is the ash mover guy. Like, What are you talking about? Um, It's like in the haunting of Hill house when they have that clock fixer. You know, like an old-timey clock fixer. And the dad's like, I would never have hired an old-timey clock fixer. What are you talking about? The truth is a bunch of things. Part of the truth is that houses are scary at night, especially big houses. You know, I'm scared. I kind of scared myself the other day because I watched a scary movie and then was reading about this. And, like, in my house at night, I was like, it's dark in here. Basements are scary at night. Um, Big Victorian houses are really fucking scary at night. And that's because that's the kind of house that we decided as a culture is the most haunted. Like a haunted house is a big Victorian house. And it's never like your builder grade house bio. You know what I mean? It's like a big Victorian haunted house. And I think we mentioned this before when we were talking about the Warrens is that Ed Warren was like, yeah, of course the ghosts that you're going to see are going to be Victorian women because these are the houses that still stand that women died in because women die constantly from like childbirth and such. You know Makes what I mean? Sense. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's kind of love not, it. It's not correlation. Wait, no, it's not causation. It's correlation, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Science. So, a scary Vic- Victorian ghost and a scary Victorian house is something that like we love as a culture. I fucking love it. So, um. Another part of this truth of the story is that women who are rich and have a lot of money are able to pursue their hobbies um, now and then. Um, and in the past, women couldn't go to school, so they could just, you know, they would like, you know, paint and write poetry and shit. And Sarah Winchester loved architecture. Did she so love I read architecture? a couple books about. Yes. Okay. It wasn't just like I'm trying to stave off the dead corpses of. The people my husband's gun company killed. No, that's not true at all. Okay. I tried to start with like a little bit of the ghost stuff, but like, I feel like ghosts aren't real in like a ghosts aren't real, but also in like a I would never sleep there. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you know that. I mean? like, have you before? Have you been to the website recently? Because this thing, the unhinged warmth. It's scary. Yeah, well, it's Halloween. Freaky. And it's been 100 years. But I'm going to talk about that later, too. Like, the marketing around it is top-notch. I Also, you know I bought the, the like, uh, you can buy, like, a 3D tour of it online for, like, $8 oh, for, like, a lifetime thing. And, and I was in that recently. It's real fun. You it, like You, like, kind of, like, go along dots on the floor, and you can, like, kind of walk through the whole thing. It's great. It's great. a really fun story. So I read some books, one called Captive of the Labyrinth and one called Beyond the Mystery. And um, Beyond the Mystery, I was reading that one first. It's like a very short book. I think it's for kids, it's like a you know a kid's research book. But um, it's it was pretty, um, I don't know, it was pretty much a killjoy about all of the fun parts about it. So I was like, I don't know, I kind of want something more fun than this. Because like the story itself, it was like 
again, there are no ghosts, but also maybe there are ghosts. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, but you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Um, so starting at the beginning, um, Sarah Lockwood Pardee was born in 1839 in New Haven, Connecticut. She didn't have a higher education because she was a woman, but she probably would have if she would have been able to. Um, she had three sisters and a brother. Her family had been in the United States for many generations by the 1800s, and they were woodworkers. She lived near the Winchester family. The Winchesters were tailors and had created a way to make shirts fit because shirts didn't always fit people to like very recently. Um, so you would just like buy a shirt and like tuck it in, and make it fit you in a weird way. Cause you know how like old timey bartenders have those like ribbons around their yeah. arms you know what I mean? Like the cuffs. That's because shirts didn't fit. You couldn't pull your shirt up because like shirts were just like kind of like a sack that you like would tie around you in a weird way to make it fit you. But um, Oliver Winchester, um, the, one of the patriarchs of the Winchester family, found a way to make shirts fit people better by like curving the arm and like things that we make sense now. Like we take for granted that shirts fit, but shirts didn't fit for a very long time. It was just like, this is the shirt, make it fit you. So at one point, um, the Winchesters employed about 5,000 women who all got to work from home sewing Winchester shirts, which is kind of fun. Cool. And another fun bit is um, he was one of the first factories to use sewing machines, but tailors around the country, they protested because they thought sewing machines were job stealers, which like kind of were. Yeah. You know, the, that's like the, always happens. It's kind of forever. One consistent thing throughout time immemorial, something's going to come take my job. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So she's upper class, but they worked hard to get there. Um, they're near Yale. So like it's a time when like they're starting to create these really big um, institutions of higher learning. She lives near Yale in Connecticut. Um, her family's also abolitionist, Civil War time. Um, they're on the Union side. Her brother is in the Battle of Bull Run. So like they're they're like really involved in in in, in that as it happens. Um, on September 30th, 1962, in the middle of the war, Sarah marries William Wirt Winchester, who's one of the Winchester sons. Um, I think he's the only Winchester son. He's tw he's 20, um, she's 23, and he's 25. Um, also, another cute thing about them is that she's 4'9", and he's 5'9". Aww. Which, that's cute. No, and that's sweet. They were they're so just, small. They're so small yeah. back then. Um, <laughs> so, they're cute. Um, they would have probably eventually made their own home in New Haven, but things were crazy with the war and um, his parents really wanted everyone to be together. So in a lot of this story, people want to like live by their families, but it's not like staying at your in-laws house. It's like you live in this wing of my mansion, you know? Right. So they live together, but like kind of. And um, so she lived with uh, the Winchesters and on June 15th, 1866, they had their first and only child, Annie Pardee Winchester. Um, Annie died six weeks later of marasmus, which means her body didn't absorb nutrients and she starved to death, which is terrible. That's crazy. Um, so so the, baby, the baby didn't live and they did not have any more children. Um, it's also worth noting that Sarah was a devout Baptist until about this time and it's probably because baptists were starting to do that thing where they're very much like babies will go to hell if they're not baptized and women were like wait a minute what fuck you <laughs> you know because like that's dumb and babies die and like that's super unfair and like real shitty so wait so um, she was a devout baptist until this happened 
Yeah, I think around this time, I, I think it was like not just her, it was other women of like Victorian time were like, we still want to be religious, but maybe not as conservatively religious. Got it. Okay. You know, because of the because of the baby hell thing. So 1866, the year that Annie was born and died, is also the year that the first Winchester repeating rifle hit the market. It was called the Yellow Boy. Um, and that was the first, the very first one. There's other gun manufacturers that, that you know of. There's um, the Colts, Smith and Wesson. Like those are real people at this time who are making guns like for the, for the first time, like mass producing them for people. The Winchester is the first successful repeating rifle and also due to new ways to work in the factory, they can make the parts faster as well. What, what does repeating mean? I'm going to tell you. Okay. So. We're going to pause and talk about guns. I Googled the Second Amendment and it is not advised. I got some like weird ads. Don't love it. Um, <laughs> it's like it, it, it immediately leads from that to like 9 11 is an inside job, was basically how. Yeah. How, like, all this not great. But the Second Amendment is a well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Because, yes, for a long time, guns were super necessary in America, especially as we talk about westward expansion in a little bit. Um, I mean, when you got here, there were already people here, and you needed guns to protect yourself and continue to move west. Um, to kill also, Native like, you were Americans part of militia. is what you're saying. 100%. Got it. Yes. So we're clear. Also, if you, if you were part of this militia, you'd be called to fight all the time that's what well-regulated means like you were you were some people in like the 1600s every household was required to have weapons just in case like i don't know the british came or the french came or indians came or whatever like there's plenty of times that they're having like these people come in like attack your town and everybody has to stand up and like be prepared to fight do you remember the bonnie and clyde episode of last podcast where they talked about how every like town in america in like the late 1800s 1900s had an armory armory for their citizens to access in case they had to like literally just everybody had to run out and start fighting it's crazy yeah, yeah. kind of fun yeah it's crazy kind of crazy <laughs> um and in early america guns are important you don't know what you're going into um you guns kept you fed and they kept you safe so they would like you know use a gun to kill a deer and eat it use a gun to kill Native Americans as you are stealing their land. Like that was a huge part. That's a huge part of American history, as we know. Um, you also brought your own gun to war for like most of history. You brought your own stuff to war. So if they were like, you have to come fight with us, you'd be like, cool, I have this helmet and this sword and this gun that is like my family's and this is what I'm bringing. So you weren't like clothed by, by the army. So two things are happening kind of at the same time that involve the Winchesters and, and, and their guns. There are is the Civil War, and there's westward expansion. So in the Civil War, the guns were like a single loading rifles. So you load it once, you put the gunpowder in, you pat it down, blah, 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 you shoot, then you run to the back of the line, and you do it again. You know? Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're in like a line, you know, you just keep running to the back, you shoot once, and they're doing the same thing to you. It's like one shot, back it happens really fast but it's happening you have to continue to reload um there's this great colbert video that i watched again today it's so fucking funny because in like i don't know whenever 10 years ago sarah palin was talking about like how paul revere was like riding his horse and ringing his bell and shooting his gun to tell people that the british were coming to take their guns away it's like so funny and like unbelievably not not what happened and 
Stephen Colbert is the thing where he rides this like like a like a kid's horse that you like put a quarter in and he's holding a bell and he's trying to put um gunpowder <laughs> into a gun and it's so funny and I'll I'll share it. It's hilarious. He's he's just like laughing so hard and everybody's laughing so hard. Um so it's it's hilarious. So um but that was the thing. So a a gun, you had to reload it every single time that you wanted to shoot it. So Oliver Winchester, William uh, Winchester's dad, the guy who invented the shirts, he buys a part of a gun factory because now he's starting to get rich. So he's making these investments. So he invested in a gun factory, but it went under. So he bought everything inside the gun factory for $40,000 and started to make his own gun. His business partner, Benjamin Tyler Henry, invents the repeater. The repeater can shoot 15 times in 10 seconds. That's the thing. That's what it means. Okay, so the f- guy, t- Taylor friend, invented the gun. Sort of. Oliver Winchester is William Winchester's dad. He's the one who had the clothing manufacturer where he had like 5,000 women working for yeah. him. He invented shirts. So he's so the, he's his the business money. partner. Yeah, he's the, he's he's the, money. the money guy. Exactly. And then this other guy invented a thing and was like, hey, I'm just an inventor. I don't know how to do anything else. And he's like, I'll buy the equipment out of this gun factory and we'll build your gun exactly. and we'll call it my name so it's actually the first well not yet it's actually called the henry first it's called the henry repeater um because his name is benjamin tyler henry and they call it they named after him so oliver he's the money guy he tries to sell it to the government and they say no they don't want to use it for the civil war um some of it is like some people are like well it's about valor and battle. It'd be super unfair if we had this gun, which is stupid. And then all some people are like, um, they just like don't really get it. It's actually it's not perfect. Like it does explode sometimes. You know, it's not like they 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 work on it. It gets better. But the first version, I wouldn't like try one. You know, right, it's gonna explode right. on you. Um, so um, one only about one percent of the guns in the Civil War were Winchesters. Like from from them. Oliver goes to Europe in 1865 to try to sell there. So he ends up getting contracts with like England, Russia, like countries over there. Um, there are other guns like the Colt and, and Smith and Weston are the ones that were used in the Civil War. Um, Winchester buys a factory from Eli Whitney's son, who's used to be like a cotton gin factory. And now it's a, a gun factory. And um, while he's in Europe, Henry tries to take over the company. So he tries to like take over the, the um, like everything. Cause he was like, cause Winchester had signed over control of the company to Henry while he was in Europe. Henry tried to, to like do some sneaky stuff to get him out. Winchester gets back, ends up kicking Henry out and taking the designs, altering them a little bit, but he has all the machines. So it becomes a Winchester and Henry leaves the picture. Okay. So he didn't like screw him over. He was like, like he, was protecting his interests in the business basically well yeah because henry tried to screw him over first exactly exactly and he was like fuck you so now now that was the winchester and so the so he's selling the winchester to foreign governments for um for like their own wars and the u.s government kind of slowly starts to use it as well um and then the second thing is we go west with the gun and the west is bananas um it's completely lawless like saying like the wild west is like it's like lawless people die constantly um and i'm sure you've seen deadwood right no um so there's like deadwood and hell on wheels are like two shows of this time it's like post-civil war westward expansion and it's just like how fucking dangerous it is how lawless it is how like really you go to like an old west town and it really is like 
whatever the sheriff who has no authority over anything says goes, you know, like everyone has a gun. Very scary. And it's all, yeah. I mean, it does until you're like, well, it's super dangerous. Everybody had terrible diseases, obviously like in hell on wheels, which is about like train expansion westward um, post-civil war. They all get like trench foot because like they're in like these tents and like muds everywhere. And it's like gross. Um, it's also a very, 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 very bad time to be an Indian. They're starving yeah, and they're being killed. Assumed. And it's almost, it's like, it's terrible. Um, the um, Indians actually, they, some of the tribes and some of the people really liked the repeater, the Winchester. So they had Winchesters. In the Battle of, Bing- of Bighorn, the Indians had the repeater and Custer did not, which wow. is part of the reason that Custer failed. Um the government would just give guns to settlers you know they're like hey take this land out west here's some guns good luck you know so like a huge part of it um there tons of people died um buffalo bill used a winchester and so did annie oakley so that really was like the myth of like the wild west like they were really using winchester guns um teddy roosevelt of course loved it and wrote about how much he loved it as well nice um the book that i did not read that I would like to read someday is called Winchester, the gun that won the West by Harold F. Williamson. But that's like the main idea. Like the Winchester had a big part in Westward expansion and like killing people as we went West, you know? So there's lots of money. It's from the guns and there's a lot of blood on that money, technically, you know, if you're thinking about it, Um, which is part of Sarah's kind of her mystery as well. And like part of her story is like the guilt that like she may or may not have felt because this. So, in 1886, William Winchester dies from tuberculosis. He was always sickly. Um, he was always sick. He wasn't going to like live to be old. He was like 43 or so when he died. Sarah's left with a lot of money, a lot of shares in Winchester, and nothing to do. So she may or may not have seen that spiritualist who told her to go west. Probably not in real life. It's probably just she wanted like more space and to do something different. But spiritualism is obviously like super popular in this time, like I've already talked about. And it's not really seen as like not religious. It's kind of seen as like the next step in religion, you know? Right. Because like if technology is doing all these things, like connecting the world via those cables that we talk about and, you know, making vaccines and helping people do, you know, helping people live longer, then why wouldn't technology also be able to move us to the next level of religion, which would be, be talking to the dead. Right. I, I get it. I mean, look, it that feels, like, it feels it. like one of those things where when you are rich enough and bored enough, it's like every yoga instructor in LA that is also works at the yeah. house of intuition and has like 17 different crystal business. It's like, you just got too much free time. Exactly. Um, and it sounds really fun, you know, and of course you want to talk to dead people that you love, you know, all the things like it totally makes sense that you would want to think about it. Would you do that? So I honestly think I would be so fucking scared during a seance. I don't know. Yeah. We talked about this, but like, like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could do a seance. I feel like, so yeah, it's like, they're dead. Like, do you really want to? T- let's leave, let's leave, let's no. leave them in the past. I'm such, I feel like, no, that's not even why. I'd just be scared. I'm like, I, and this whole time I'm like, I know ghosts aren't real. And like, this story is just a ghost story and it's fun. But also I'm like, when we talk about different types of ghosts, I know the ghosts I see in my house and I wouldn't go to a seance because I'd be so scared. So I'm like, I know I'm saying two different things in the same sentence, but I don't know. But that's the way I feel. 
There was one thing I was uh, listening to a podcast recently, and one of the things they said about like hauntings was that it might not have anything to do with religion or spirituality. It could literally have something to do with like the universe and how the structure of the universe is, where like timelines could overlap in a way. You know. Well, Doug, I mean, religion isn't real, so like, yes. But that's what that I'm saying. No, because you just said it. Allowed. No, you said it so flippantly. Like, of course, ghosts aren't real. I'm like, it's not. Of course, ghosts are. You're saying that because you're doing a religious interpretation of what a ghost is. But I'm saying like, there's another. There sure, 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 other sure. Yeah. Alternatives to it. I mean, I'm that'd be cool. Ghost. I love alternate timelines. I think that's super fun. You know, like we talked about, like that time skip of a Marie Antoinette where like they think they might have like seen Marie Antoinette and the thing like I love that like what if like time overlapped for a second and you actually saw something else they weren't supposed to see yeah, that's totally. cool totally I way I, yeah I hope that's true I way more believe that yeah if I die um, before you Taylor I'll come back and like try to talk to you oh my god you better but I won't do anything scary I'll be like I'll be like I just heat up your soup for you. Like, you know, like just something, something nice. I'll do something nice. Well, but I think I think that's a problem because, like, no matter what you do, it will be scary, you know? Like, oh, if right. you wrote me a letter, if I like, got got to my desk and there's a letter and it was like, hey, Taylor, miss you, love fires, I'd be like, fuck. Oh, my God. No, I would. I like, would I'd be so scared. I'd be like, I need to leave And that's Taylor, a nice thing to say. I need to leave Taylor a nice note, but, like, I'm a ghost, so I don't really have ink. So I just go kill some animal outside and use its blood to like write hi taylor miss you on on like a, a mirror or something you find a way to like leave me money yeah i feel like that'd go. be great i'll tell you who the lottery yeah. what the lottery numbers are for next next week okay <laughs> taylor, that's wait, exactly taylor. what i need a ghost to do for me i so i i haven't i, I have this i'm showing this to taylor i have this notebook next to me that i found mm-hmm. I, I haven't unpacked this house yet like a year later anyways I pulled this out, and then in the middle of it was this lottery ticket from like, <laughs> like twenty twenty one, and I don't even know how to check it? it. I don't know how to check it. You can check it online. You yeah, can check it okay. online. Right, well, I'm not gonna throw it away then, because I might have I might have won millions. God, that'd be awesome. Anyways, so I, I'm derailing, derailing your story. Go ahead. But yeah, that's that that's what I want. I mean, that's also yeah, that's the thing. Like if if it was a if you could contact me through like a parallel universe and you could just like walk past the door. Or like I could see you in my in my like security camera or, or any of those things like that would fucking scare me so much I don't even know what to do, and I know that you're nice and I know that you wouldn't hurt me but I still I don't know that so I don't know uh, it, so my answer is I don't know if I would ever go to a especially if like I show up in the form that I took when I died so like I'm walking around with like my head underneath my armpits like just like walking around right. endless decapitated like, your face is in like a scream like a ball <laughs> in a scream like, I, don't, I don't know why my death had oh it's because I saw a saw last night that's why I think about deaths like this um, yeah yeah I'm sure I'm sure um but yeah so during this time a lot of people are thinking about this um Sarah does end up knowing the Stanfords who made Stanford University and I didn't I think if I knew this I forgot but Stanford University was actually made as in memory of their son who died when he was a teenager Um, he died in Europe on a trip and they said that they saw a spiritualist and the spiritualist was like you should build something in his memory I don't then I don't know if that really happened but either way Stanford University is made for their the the Stanford's dead son um, to as like a memorial to him Um, so Sarah wants a place 
for her entire family. She wants to be able to play play around with architecture because that's what she likes to do. Her family was woodworkers. She really is interested in it, like sincerely. So she was 100% right because she picked a place in San Jose. A lot of her property was in like Palo Alto and Silicon Valley area. So like she owned a big chunk of that land for, for a while. She asks her sisters to go with her and and they do. So they go from Connecticut to California. They take the train at different times. Everyone moves. One sister's husband is a principal at a school, but he gets fired and they move around. Her sister, Belle, ends up being one of the founders of the Humane Society in California. And uh, she does really fun stuff. Like she has citizens arrest people that she sees hurting animals, um, which I love. Her daughter, Daisy, lives with with her in the big house for a while. Um, Her Daisy, her daughter, Sarah's niece, Daisy, is also named Marion, but but called Daisy. She's Sarah Snook in the Winchester movie. So like the niece that's there. She's there a lot. Um, Sarah pays for her homes. She buys homes for her family all over this area. She owns like dozens of houses around San Jose, San Francisco. She owns a big houseboat. It's like an, called an ark, like a huge boat that she lives on for a while that her family lives on. She hires a lawyer named Frank Lieb. He's her lawyer for the rest of, of their lives. Um, land land use in this area is super, super complicated because there aren't any records, really, because it's like, yeah, we sent this family of people out here with a gun 50 years ago, and they said they owed this land, but, like, we don't know when they did, like, starting from scratch on land that they stole and then called it something else and all the things, so it's kind of complicated, so she has a lawyer. Um, incidentally, Frank, her lawyer, his first partner was a man named Delphin M. Delmas, and he ended up moving to New York and defending Henry K. Thaw for the murder of Sanford White that we talked about before. I, lo- I love how everything just overlaps. Taylor, yeah. you said that she inherited $20 million. Did you look up what that is in today's money? It's like $600 million. Six Over $600 million. Yeah, it's $606 million. Fucking crazy yeah. amount of money. She was rich. Yeah. So they said that, like, like the dividends were giving her, like, $1,000 a day. You know? Like, she, she had just had – she had tons of money. Um, So she bought – the house in the Winchester Mystery House, what it turns into in San Jose, California. It was pretty isolated. It, it isn't as much now, but it was at the time. And she wasn't the only one doing this. Like Elizabeth Colt, the wife of Samuel Colt of the guns in Connecticut, also built a big rambling house. You know, it's so like also a gun lady built a big house, but people really zeroed in on Sarah as like being crazy. Um, this was a very, very Victorian time. So they had a lot of money and she would read architecture magazines. There's like cancel checks that she sent to like get an architecture magazine subscription. So they know that she did. Her family was woodworkers. So she would build things, but she would use her own um, like plans to tell the contractors what to do. But because she didn't have like an architecture degree or any formal training sometimes she would be wrong so she would build build and then tear it down if it wasn't exactly what she wanted she built a hallway one time and it was too dark so she built a skylight and the skylight leaked so it was like constant repair and building in just like a normal rich person way and it wasn't like constant constant you know like in the movie they're like it's 24 hours a day people are always building it wasn't like that but it was like a fair amount of building and um in 1906 the house has a seven-story tower, five stories in most other places. It just continues to grow, which I think is awesome, and I wish I could do that. Like, I would love to, like, add to my house. It would be super fun. Like, I see a love that people are like, oh, let me grab something from this house and add it to my house and, like, do all these things. Like, it sounds like, you know, a fun rich person um, hobby to have. Taylor, but- 
I feel like you're kind of setting this up as though the story of why she did this isn't true. Yeah. How many people were living with her in this house? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like a, um, her her niece and her niece's adopted daughter lived there for a while with her. And there also were a ton of people who just worked there. There was like obviously like a carriage guy who turned into the car guy and his family lived there. There were a lot of gardeners. She employed a lot of um, Japanese people in a time when that was like not something that a lot of people did because it was obviously always but a super racist time against Japanese people specifically. Um, So a lot of people lived there and worked there as like contractors, but like in her house with her, it was mostly just like her and her niece. And, she and I just, this. and I just looked it up and the house is 24,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I guess that's what rich people, I'm not rich. I, I don't know. I, I, I need to be, rich. I need saying. to make more money. What like, maybe this is what rich people do. She has like a dumb amount of money, you know, it's like, what do you do with a dumb amount of money? You know, she, she, you, you do what you want to do. You, you do your passion. Like, what do you like doing? Like, she's like, I like architecture. I like these buildings. I like woodworking. I like, you know, doing these designs. So that's what she did. And in 1906, the house had a seven story tower that she had built. Most of the house was five stories. And on April 18th, 1906 was the great San Francisco, San Francisco earthquake. And her tower fell and all the top stories fell. So unfortunately, that explains the stairways and the doors because she didn't rebuild. She just sealed things off. So if the fifth floor collapsed, she would just seal off the top of the staircase. And that's why there are staircases that go to nowhere. God, this sucks, Taylor. I know. I, want, I wanted to talk about the ghost stuff at the beginning because that sucks. In the ongoing construction of our life interaction. But why... why, why Okay, so where did you, where did, where was the conclusive evidence that this was not because of ghosts that she did this? Like everywhere else. The house is a marketing campaign. Let me tell you about, I'll tell you about it. I'll get there. I know. Um, so a bit about Sarah her, herself during this time. She worked on her investments and her trusts. She gave money to her family in a trust so that, you know, all of the money that they would get like a certain allowance. And then when they died, the rest of the money would go to this hospital that she built. She built a hospital in Connecticut. Um, named after her husband. It was the William Wirt Winchester Hospital for Tuberculosis. She built, um, it was, she, I mean, it was like, she spent like $3 million on it. So like just an incredible amount of money on it. It became a hospital for World War I soldiers and tuberculosis. It's now a hospital for lung disease at Yale University. So it continues to be something that, you know, it helps people with, with lung diseases. Now that like tuberculosis isn't like as big as it was. Now there's like other things. So she gave tons of money anonymously she would like give money if someone asked her for money she would give money to someone else to give to them so it couldn't even like trail back to her because she was really really private part of the reason that she was private is she suffered from severe arthritis so her hands were like all clawed up and her feet so a lot of the staircases in the winchester house are just like an inch off the floor so it's like a whole bunch of stairs to go like not very far and it, it kind of whined and that was for her because she couldn't lift her legs very high because she had arthritis yeah. Um, she also, um, also all of her teeth, her teeth were really bad. And her teeth are missing. So like, I just want to say that we're very lucky to be in a time where even like, you don't have to be rich to have nice teeth. And then also rich people, even then, like she couldn't get her teeth fixed. She tried to get nice dentures and like, she couldn't find nice ones, you know? Jeez. And now like all rich people have the same teeth because they just buy like 
the weird veneers. So I'm very lucky that we, we're very lucky to have teeth because it's new in human life that our teeth are nice. Um, and just remember, she was very, very private. She donated secretly. She rarely had visitors. So she was always in mourning. So she did always wear black and she did always wear that veil, but she wore that veil because she was kind of embarrassed about her teeth. You know, she didn't want to like see a lot of people because her arthritis was so bad. Um, and a lot of people like worked for her her whole life and they really loved her. And they're like, she was like a really nice woman to them. But because of her secrecy and because of the media and everybody wants to tell a story because she is super rich and it is because of guns, even in her own time, um, stories started to happen to come out about her. In the San Jose Daily News in March 29th, 1895, there is a story that the headline is Strange Story, a woman who thinks she'll die when her house is built. Ten years ago, the handsome residence was apparently ready for occupancy, but improvements and additions are constantly being made for the reason it is said that the owner of the house believes that when it is entirely completed, she will die. The superstition has resulted in the construction of a maze of domes, turrets, cupolas, and towers covering territory enough for a castle. So they were talking about her before she even died. Just like spreading rumors because she's like an old lady who wears all black and lives in this creepy weird house. Was she even that old? Of course they were. Um, when she died, she was like in her seventies, which is very old for the time as well. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so it didn't get better. These rumors were kind of everywhere, like kind of all over the country about her and her house. But she chose to ignore them a lot um, and just continue on. Um, she did not constantly work on the house. She did in like 1916. She built an elevator in the house so that she could go up and down. But she lived in her different properties. She had a, a ton of houses. She would do something like, "Hey, I want to come visit you for a while. Let me just buy a house next door." You know, because she's rich. Jeez. She was like, um, there's a picture of the outside of the house that has a doorway to nowhere. Have you seen that one? Right. That's because, yeah, those are because like parts of the house fell off in the earthquake. Mm, damn it. I know it sucks. <sighs> Carry on. <laughs> I know. So Sarah died in 1922. Her assets were divided up. Her niece auctioned off a lot of the stuff. So another unfortunate thing is like none of the stuff in the house is hers. It was empty. It was emptied out. Um, so the stuff was stuff that was given like Hardy's auctioned it off. It like disappeared into the abyss. Um, the house was sold to an amusement park man named John Brown and his wife Mame. John had invented the roller coaster called the Backer Upper. I'm sure you've been on one of these. It's the one where you like go up, like you're gonna go up and down, but you don't, and then you go back. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You go up, yeah, and then you go I... back. It was called the Backer Upper. This guy became a millionaire off it, huh? Yep. And so um, I also think that he might have known my great grandpa because my great grandpa Bish, he owned a company called the Bish Rocco Amusement Company, I believe it was called, and he um, had invented a a ride um, called the Flying Scooter. And I have a bunch of like. Um, ads for the flying scooter i have like tickets of his for when he went to like the world's fair in chicago in 1893 so like i come from a roller coaster coaster folk so maybe they knew each other fish right. rocco amusement company chicago illinois yep look at that yep that's us. you're like yeah, you're like right? you're like amusement park royalty almost i am amusement park royalty not almost yeah did <laughs> a guest um so they bought the house and immediately made it into a tourist attraction. So that's she died in 1922. By 1923, 100 years ago, exactly this year, it was um, a tourist attraction. Um, in 1924, Harry Houdini was on a tour of America trying to debunk spiritualism because, like, he seems, I don't know why, but 
that's hilarious. And um, he did like a, a cursory investigation of the house. And he told them that they should call it the Winchester Mystery House. So that name comes from Houdini. That's fun. Which is fun. In the 1970s, a dude named Keith Kittle, who used to work at the Frontier, Frontier Village at Disneyland, became the manager. And he was like exactly who you'd think, like a guy who would, you know, he worked for the Frontier, Frontier, I can't even say that, Frontier Village at Disneyland. So he was like pretending to be a cowboy for years. And so he was like a big personality. He got it on the National Register of Historic Places in 1981. Um, and he put up these billboards that you see if you drive into San Jose, they have like the house and like a skull behind them to make it like a, make it into like a really scary attraction. He really hyped up the 13 thing, which isn't really true. So they're like, you know, like 13 nails in all the closets. There's 13 hangers in the things. And you can see them in like the um, in like the virtual tour. But it's just stuff that they added later or like put significance on saying that Sarah was obsessed with the number of 13. But like she really wasn't. They have. If you go now, they have nightly seances, which, again, sounds super fun. They said there's a seance room in the middle of the house where she had seances. But that wouldn't even really make sense because if you had a seance in that time, you would have had it in your dining room because it's like a social thing. You wouldn't have hit it. You would have had people come over and just do it. So that's probably not true. Um, I read a thing that in 2016, they found a room, like an extra room that had like a bunch of her stuff in it. And I looked at the picture and it's like Victorian couch with a scary doll on it. So like I believe that's zero. Because, of course, that's what you'd find if you wanted that to be scary. Um, and now you can go on tours. You can get married there. There's some actually really beautiful pictures of a wedding there because um, it's a beautiful house. You can have team building events there. You can go on nightly flashlight tours, which sounds super fun. Um, I don't think it's what Sarah would have wanted her legacy to be. I think she would have either not really wanted a legacy or she would have wanted it to be the the tuberculosis hospital and the in the hospital to help people with lung diseases. But um, instead, it's this, this mystery house, which I think has brought a lot of joy to a lot of people and kind of a really fun story. So I don't mind it for her. Oh, man. I think it was fun. Making a boatload of money. A tour is $100 a person. Yeah, they're making a shit ton of money over there. Good for them. I mean, they must. It must be working because people are going. So I still want to. I don't not want to go. I still want to go. So scary, you know. And I'd still be scared the whole time. And I'd still be scared if I went to a séance there and all of those fun things. So that'd be very not fun, for nothing. Though. I think it'd still be really, really fun. So it's mostly rumor and stuff that you know was made by an amusement park company to be an amusement, but it's interesting and cool. I am disappointed. I wish I know, it was really actually a crazy woman who had a lot of money and a lot of ghosts in her thoughts, and that's why she did what she did. That would have been much better. I, I did you. Interesting. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Not everything can be true. That's a great <laughs> statement. That is a fucking award-winning comment right there. Not everything can be true. I love it. Um, sweet. Well, thanks, Taylor. You know what's funny? is um, I realized this as you started hmm. talking. I was like, our stories again are going to overlap because I also have a scary house that is probably haunted that also had events happening in the 1800s. No, not early 1900s. Oh, Whatever. Like Same difference. Um, so thank you for the story. Is there anything you want to share before we go ahead and cut things off? Yeah, one quick thing. Um, I got a note from my friend Elizabeth who um, wanted to just talk about how we use the word crazy and... I definitely like, you know, agree that it's it's like a tough 
word and, and we know a lot about like mental illness and all of that and just want to make sure that it's clear that like we you know definitely support you know getting help for yourself we know mental illness is not anyone's fault but like they say in the last podcast it's your responsibility and we will be you know we'll think about it nice Makes sense yeah, it does. Um, and then also thank you to everyone who is, is new listening, new listeners. Our listenership has gone up a bunch, so we're super excited. Um, if you like it, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. That's super helpful. And we are everywhere at Doom to Fell Pod on Instagram and um, YouTube and all those things. And let us know if you have any questions or ideas. We're at Doom to Fell Pod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Awesome. Love it. Thank you. Well, we'll go ahead and cut this off. We'll rejoin you on Wednesday. Thanks, Mark.